Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome, everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and Warchant TV. And a fine balls Wednesday to you and yours. Busy week, big times, good times, exciting times. It's all there, baby. Got to be curious about a lot of things for this game, man. It's it's. Keep going over a lot of things in my head. We'll look at the college football slate. We got Redemption Thursday picks tomorrow, all that good stuff. Already some coaches find themselves on an even hotter seat looking at Scott Frost. (laughs) Good times. Some of the quotes coming out of there are hilarious. NFL cut down, saw some big names. You know, it really is amazing, Tom. We, we, uh, you know, won't necessarily lead with NFL cuts, but... uh, if you think about O.J. Howard and where that's ended up, that guy will have played with Tom Brady, albeit a cup of tea, and Josh Allen, and now it looks like Mahomes. If you can't play football for them, you can't play. I mean, that's the, you know, <laughs> three best quarterbacks in the league. Yeah, that's, uh... I mean, Come on, baby. We got to do something. What would you say? You do here. You do here. Yeah, man, that's a that, that's a toughie. Uh, it's a buck. Let's start with that. Let's get on board, everybody. Make it happen. Warchant.com on three one dollar for one year. Calling all FSU fans for a limited time only. A lot of people are already on their way to uh, New Orleans. I uh, had some folks reach out to me already today. They're like, on our way. I was like, geez, good on you. You folks are the ones that aren't having it. You've been ready for this trip for a long time, and then you wait no longer. Getting to New Orleans, if you get there today, if you get to New Orleans on a Wednesday for a game that's on a Sunday, I hope you'll see the game. I hope you're able to take in the game. That's a lot. Somebody I know that's already there or heading today? You've met him. You okay. know you know him, but you don't you know you're not like boys, but you know right. yeah. Um, yeah. that is aggressive. Good for you. Oh no. yeah, listen, if you can do it, if you can do it. I think this version of me can do it. If we were to leave today, I'd be all right. Uh the twenty whatever year old version of me would not. That is not a good deal getting to New Orleans on a Wednesday for a Sunday game. There's a chance 
you got an APB out on me on that Saturday morning. Like, what has happened to Cameron? We haven't seen him in 24 hours. But this one, married, two kids, settled down, a lot calmer. Yeah, I'd be all right. It's just, it's it's a lot. Calmer than you are. Yeah, it's a lot, man. It's a lot. Um, <laughs> old Cod Willie already wants to know the score at halftime. Goodness, old Cod, I don't know. This is very demanding out of you, Cod Willie. You know what I want to know? I want to know, will the skeptics of August become the hawks of September, if you will? I mean, do we move from thinking, hmm, I don't, you know, I don't know. Better, yeah, to look at these sons of bitches. They're good. Just say it out loud. That would be the skeptic of August going to the the hawk of September. And I'd love it. I'd like that a lot. I'd like that a lot. It would uh, change the way that you viewed the remaining games, frankly, not just the overall record, but you'd get your hopes up for some of these other games that may be on the ledger in your mind you've already got as a loss. It would it would infuse hope for all the remaining games, frankly. Well, I think that was a question yesterday from a headliner, right? Does it does a win on Sunday bring nine and three squarely into view for you? And does a loss on Sunday bring six and six squarely yeah. into yeah, view? Yeah, no for you? and no. Uh nine and three is still very aggressive even with a win here. Now, if you want to start talking nine and three, win this game and the Louisville game. Okay, now I'm yeah. entertaining nine and three. Yes, yes, I am. Uh, at that point, I have turned the corner with you, and I would say yes. But it's a big game on so many levels. It's not the be-all, end-all that a lot of fans have kind of intimated in their questions or on Twitter. And Look, Mike needs a signature win, if you will, although the win last year at home in dramatic fashion over Miami certainly uh, you know, provided some goodwill. Uh, temporary as it was, because then later you lost to Florida. But I, th- this would, I think those that are on the fence would be like, okay, all right, I can get down with this group. Here we go. I'm seeing tangible signs of growth. But remember, football seasons are long. A lot of things happen over the course of two and three games, let alone 11 or 12 that alter the way you feel about a given weekend. It really does change. It really does shift quickly. We all know that. I mean, when you watch football, if a guy's, you know, if if the if a team's best player goes down, you go from thinking I'm bullish on team A to I wonder if they can make the playoffs. You know, that's just how it happens and the game is so violent and so physical and so demanding that uh it's hard to project weeks and weeks and weeks in advance. That's I don't like to do it unless you have Alabama's depth, unless you have Ohio State's depth, where you've stockpiled five-star players in front of five-star players. We were that team. We were that program for a very long time. It was uh, something to to behold. Uh, you could lose uh, a, a potential first-round draft pick, Tom, on either side of the ball, both sides of the ball, in a given year in the first four games. And Florida State fans, we wouldn't blink. We wouldn't blink because the guy behind him was just an inexperienced version of the dude that went down. But that's not where we're at, and we know that. And so injuries will matter greatly, and I'm holding my breath on that front because I think the starters are pretty good. 
I think there's a little bit more margin for error than we've had in a long time, and that's exciting, and that's why we've documented it and talked about it and been very specific about it. But it's not the elite level of depth that you have when you talk about a team who has a chance to win a national title or get to the college football playoff. We're not at that kind of depth. So, you know, right off the bat, you just – any little thing that kind of sets the course a different direction because of injury, you get worried. But uh, right now, the thought is just how bullish are you going to be after this game? How doubtful are you going to be after this game? I think the only thing that would seriously skew what we thought we did W's and L's right before the season started, uh, I went with 8-4, uh, and four, I think you went 9-3, and three. Uh, and that was a, admittedly, Rosy projection, I think. Uh, we were assuming a lot of things yeah, went really, so really well. 12 games of Jordan Travis was in my projection, yeah. sure. yeah. So the point would be, uh, the only thing that would skew that, in my mind, would be if Florida State gets blown the hell out. If they don't look athletically capable in yeah. this game, then yeah, man, you you gotta you, you probably got to dial it back some. And um, I, I don't, it wouldn't be a good look. For Mike Norvell and staff would not be a good look to go out there and get blown away by, by by this LSU team, which has more talent than Florida State, so it's no shame to lose the game. But if they get blown out, Brian Kelly's first game at LSU, uh, come on, man. That is just it, it's just another thing that you're gonna have to overcome in terms of perception, uh, both amongst the fan base and and also, of course, in recruiting. Well, one thing that's interesting to me is is we talk about how both offensive lines face a tall task on Sunday against the opposite defensive front. Like, you know, uh, LSU might be breaking in a brand-new center. Somebody's never played in a game. And so you're going to go against Robert Cooper and Fabian Lovett? That's an advantage Florida State. If they're starting a freshman left tackle, you know, it doesn't matter that Jared versus an Albany transfer. Uh, maybe you throw Dennis Briggs over there sometimes. Or, or Derek will. McClendon. You know, you throw different players at that particular inexperienced body and advantage Florida State defensive line. The other part of it, though, is what's happening behind the offensive line. I think Florida State's stable of running backs, given that LSU is missing one of theirs, is stronger. But the quarterback, something talked about today on the Warchant report that will be released later this week on, on Warchant TV, Florida State, I think no matter if it's Daniels or Nussmeyer, Florida State has the better quarterback in this game, which it took me a while to come to that conclusion this week, but I think that's true, that Florida State has the better quarterback, which is Interesting. Not a place we're accustomed to being. But I think for this week's specific matchup, that's not nothing. That matters significantly, especially when you're talking about yep. both offensive lines likely struggling against the opposite defensive front. Yeah, that is true. Uh, I'm not in love with the Jaden Daniels I saw play at Arizona right. State at all. I thought he was average at best, and you know he has certainly the ability to to get out of trouble. He can move, so can Jordan Travis. Obviously, Jordan Travis can really move. Um, but but neither are elite throwers. Uh, I do think. Uh, Jordan's taking a step up in that in that uh, category, so let's just see how big a step up. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be critical that if you get an opportunity uh, to get Jaden da Daniels, excuse me, on the ground, that you do so because any extra time bought for those receivers is a huge problem for Florida State's defensive backs. Frankly, I'd say that for any set of defensive backs facing this group of LSU receivers. So it's not even specific to what FSU is rolling out there in the defensive backfield. It's specific to everybody LSU will play. They have very good receivers, including an elite receiver, 
And if you give those kinds of guys times, you get you get beat for big plays. There's just no that's that's what it means to have a good receiving core. We know that. I mean, we've seen it here historically. It hadn't happened in a while, but we've seen it. Sure, but what would it surprise you if in the course of this game they go to commercial break and the analysts are saying, "Man, it's another missed throw. That an opportunity there, and, and Daniels just couldn't hit it." Well, here comes Nussmeyer. Here comes Nussmeyer. All right, they're going to give him a crack at it because it feels as though something like that is coming. It's disjointed. It's a week one. We're giving the quarterback credit because of Brian Kelly, I think, for LSU. We're thinking more about the scheme and the receivers, but it's almost as though we're not talking about specifically the quarterback. Maybe it's because he didn't declare which individual it was going to be, definitively, yeah. Brian mm-hmm. Kelly. But either option is not great. And usually we talk about the quarterbacks a ton. Well, I think I've been burned on this front, though. I well, know Jack it was. Cone. <laughs> yeah, well, Jack Cohn looked like Jesus at quarterback last year against Florida State and really kind of butt sorry against everybody else. So it was kind of, all right, well, there's the Jack Cohn I thought we'd see in <laughs> dropping dimes. Well, yeah, it's I not mean, like he was huge in, in the numbers department because there were coverage busts outside of the one to the tight end to begin the game on fourth down. Some of the throws he were making were into buckets that he just was not hitting at that any back, other point. That back corner throw in the end yeah. zone for the time, it was a ridiculous throw. I'm yep. like, okay, really, Jack Cohn? Mm-hmm. Your butt year-round, but tonight you're gonna, it's going to be great. I mean, it's it's you know it's frustrating. So. If he was Jack Cohn that night, we win the football game. Probably. Probably. Uh, that was unlucky, well, but it's an outlier. There have been a lot of them. A lot of guys had themselves some nights against Florida State. Uh, I need to... I need to. I need to Not see. Sam Howell. I need to see. No, well, Sam Howell couldn't beat us. Florida State. Uh, well, for that matter, the head coach there at North Carolina can't beat us ever. It's just the the frustration mounts for that guy. But we're not facing either in this game, and we are facing Brian Kelly, who has uh, beaten us each of the last two times he's played us. And here we go again. So we'll we'll see. I'm not saying that they've won solely because of that. They've had better players, better teams, better continuity, all of that. Uh, I just. There are there are areas that you're right. Florida State can exploit in this game, and I sure hope we get off to a good start. I there's a path to this thing becoming very interesting pretty quickly. Meaning, if LSU is slow to start because it's the first game, because they didn't get a tune-up game, because there are communication issues and guys aren't on the same page, and you know you go from scrimmages and practices to a game, especially a game not against a Duquesne, but rather one with, you know, Division One athletes that can run, your timing can be off. It can be it can be a little quick for you. And if that turns into a mistake or two and Forest State gets out to a lead, we talked about before the season began, because I thought the defense would hit the ground running and be a better version of anything we saw last year, those last eight games being more of an indicator of what we'd see to, see, to start this year, you get out to a lead and dictate terms there, Yes, that could be fascinating. Florida State could really put a lot of pressure uh, on LSU very quickly. There is that scenario. Now we're battered and bruised, and 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 we've been covered up. You know, we're 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 just hands up, hands up. It's hard for us when you even begin to say aloud the scenarios that could really favor Florida State in this game because things have gone so poorly. You won't allow yourself to think about prosperous times until you're draped in them, until it's all around you. It's hard to accept because to do so sets you up for real heartbreak. And nobody wants to do that. So I'm admitting there's a little of that in me this week, that every time I think of the game and I 
when my mind races, it doesn't race towards the positive. It doesn't race towards the avenue of Florida State's up by 21 in the second half. Instead, it points to all the things that I know are weaknesses with this team, that if they get, and that's a big I and a big F, if they get exploited to the max in the first half of this game, the potential for here we go again hits you really hard in your brain when you're doing the game, you're playing the game out, and you're going through the different scenarios. And it's that is the it's the beaten and battered football fan in us. It really is. And how could we not be? I mean, it'd be nice to have a winning season to fall back on around these parts lately, but we don't have one. No, not even close, really. Um, last year, Jacksonville State, that means it's not even close. The key for me in this matchup, though, for Jordan Travis and, and the offensive line is it's Mason Smith against the interior. And I feel good, even though we have no idea with center. It, it's Maurice, it's Darius, Dylan played last. I mean, who knows? I'd set the over-under on two and a half different dudes snapping the ball on Saturday just based on last week alone. But one thing Brian Kelly talked about this week in his press conference, and I think they're going to do this defensively, what's the key against Jordan Travis? He said keep him in the pocket. So if they're going with that plan of contain – that actually takes a little bit away from the pass rush on the edges because they're trying to keep Jordan in the pocket throwing the football. All right, well, now it becomes a matchup of the interior. Can you hold up against a Mason Smith who had four sacks in nine games as a freshman last yeah, year? Yeah, I mean, he's Jesus. really, really good. Right. Yeah, they've got three but, guys down front that are really, really good. Yes, Smith but, and uh, and Roy and Gay and right. the Wingo kid can play. Yeah. But when we're talking about the front four against Florida State's five, if their plan is truly – to play contain, then the edge pressure shouldn't be as prevalent because that's not their goal. Their goal is to make him stay where he is, not flush. Yeah, well, then you get into the question that I asked before the season started. We're better at wide receiver. How much better? Can they win one-on-ones? Because last year they schemed to open all kinds of one-on-ones. None of the receivers could win one-on-ones, so it didn't make any damn bit of difference how well you called the game. You're going to get opportunities. Most teams are going to do what you're talking about. Most teams are not going to let or they're going to to try to keep Jordan Travis from beating them. I mean, when you have an obvious talent like that as a runner, you cannot let that guy beat you with his feet. That's the known. You know, Make him beat you with his arms. So I think a lot of teams are going to try to take that away. Clemson took it away. LSU's going to try to take it away. It's hard to, though, given it, it's if, hard. if you've it's got hard. agile interior linemen that you can pull and, and roll the pocket. I mean, we've seen that scheme. They ran it last week. Mm-hmm. It's nothing new. Right. It's, it's something Mike does. It's not the easiest thing in the world to do because of his speed and because of the scheme we're running. But I wonder if part of the scheme might not be, all right, you know what? If they want to negate their advantage on the edges against our tackles, go ahead. Let's play contain, and then we'll see if we can run traditionally and, and you know look at the perimeter for quick screens and things <laughs> like that. And let's test whether or not their defensive backs can hold up because we're better at blocking on the perimeter. Be exciting to find out. I'd love a game with a relatively clean pocket for Jordan Travis to prove how much better he is as a passer with some one-on-one situations. Uh, this is a big day for Jordan Travis, a big night for Jordan Travis on Sunday, uh, a huge night. Uh, you were you were given the reins completely. You were told it's your team and nobody's else, nobody else's. It was confirmed on Saturday when your backup came in. Uh, You are the guy. And if you're going to take a huge leap forward and become a guy that the fan base trusts and your teammates believe in week to week and you're proving yourself to be the player you think you are and every good player thinks he's great, right? You, You have to. Then these games are the games you win. You just said it. I mean, Florida State has the better quarterback in this game in all likelihood. I think that is true in all likelihood. 
Go go do that. Go prove that. If, if both defensive lines are going to carry the day, which quarterback makes plays, buys time, makes the throws necessary to put you in a good position? Well, and that's the continuation of the Duquesne trend. Is it real or not? It Was everybody so wide open by default that it's easy to pull the trigger quickly because mm. he, was, he was quick with his decisions? Yeah. Or is it something more that you are seeing the keys you need to see and, and because the receivers are starting to win matchups a little bit more often – that's why you're more decisive. Duquesne is not LSU. We all know that. But what is it? Is it about the process is quicker for him, or was it the result that they were just out man and so he's okay with maybe guessing to a degree? We will not know this until kickoff on Sunday. Ira's uh, binoculars, and uh, I'll be up there in the press box as well, my eyes, everybody. How healthy is Florida State? I don't know. I don't know. You had bumps and bruises and a lot of guys that, you know, hey, let's take him out and be careful. Another guy had to come out. Let's shuffle this line around. You never know. They're not going to talk about it. They're careful. Well, some things they talk about when it's definitive. But when they don't know, they're very careful about revealing the relative health of a football team. And so you have, either because of some things that happened towards the end of camp or this first game, some question marks with guys. Now, we know that just – observationally. Duke Cooper didn't play last week. He would have if he had been healthy, so clearly he wasn't healthy. So, does Duke Cooper come back? I'd say that's a big deal when you're facing a real receiving core like this, okay? Uh, How healthy is the offensive line that shuffled so many guys? How many guys do you have back? How's Darius Washington? How's Maurice Smith? How Any of them, right? Right. Well, and there's a trickle down there, too, because if Maurice is available, then Mm -hmm. Darius can move around based upon need. But you just don't know. And frankly, I don't think even if we could discuss what's going on in practice day by day, I don't think anybody's going to know until line rushes pregame, to your point. That is correct. That is correct. So I don't – the bottom line is they shuffled a ton of different combinations out there on the offensive line. Some of that clearly was them experimenting a game that they could. Uh, Some of it may have been some guys were dinged, and we need to see how you're going to play if this guy can't go. Can you play here? Can I put you with this combination? So we didn't know. So I bring up Duke Cooper. I bring up the offensive line. Johnny Wilson, how healthy is he going into this game? Obviously, they were you know they took him out for precautionary reasons. He could have come back into the game. They've said that. You saw him on the sideline putting the weight on the ankle. He wanted to get back out there, obviously. But, hey, no need to get back out there in a runaway game like that. So they rested him. But is he 100%? Is he close to 100%? Does he look smooth off the line? Is he able to do what he was able to do all fall practice? If he can't, that's a big deal. We won't know till game time. We won't know till we watch him running routes uh, as they warm up. So, a lot of question marks with with key players on the roster that will also help dictate terms here. And sadly, it's only Wednesday, and we won't know the answers to that till Sunday. And LSU has some question marks, not only uh, in terms of personnel up front, but also in the secondary. One of their better players has missed some time, then put back in, then wasn't going through walkthroughs with them when they had the starters out there, and then was so. There's it's it's interesting to read their reports. I've been going to their sites, reading each day, catching up on their on three riders uh, with LSU, trying to figure out exactly what their roster's doing. Now they are healthy. Brian Kelly said up front. Yeah. Uh, now that's a true freshman left tackle making his first start, but he's a stud left tackle making his first start, or it projects to be. That is a right tackle now playing center who's done that, uh, I think, twice in his career. Let's see how he plays. So you have some question marks there, some guys they've had to shuffle around. We'll see how healthy they are. We know John Emery's out because he's suspended. Uh, the, the Noah Kane kids, the, the transfer from Penn State, 
Uh, he's a kid that's a bigger running back, but not as fleet of foot. So it should be interesting to see which of those guys they lean on heavily. They do have a, a, a pretty talented tight end. Uh, that's not something we've talked about here. That could be an interesting matchup as well. I'd be a little unproven in that in that position group, and that's one that there would be a, a philosophy change too with the new offense. So it'd be interesting to see how those all those pieces integrate. They're also scared, real scared, about what their special teams is going to look like. Yeah. Well, when we had Matt Muscona on, I know we got a break, but when we had Matt Muscona on, and I'm going to talk to him tomorrow, um, he talked about it's the great unknown. You know, they had an automatic guy. Uh, that couldn't miss and got drafted in the fourth round. He was so good. And now you got a guy that's not ever had to do it, and you don't know who's been up again and down again in practice. So, uh, you know, uh, we'll see. I I think both teams go into the game pretty nervous about their special Good, team. though. Good. Because I know what we have, and when I hear that somebody else doesn't feel great, I think, oh. Good. And hey, welcome right. to the club, right? Even if it's a wash, I'll take it. If special teams is a wash this weekend, advantage Florida State. Woo! Can't get here soon enough. We got a travel day tomorrow. We still got content for you. We'll be making our way towards New Orleans starting tomorrow. All that good stuff. Man, the crew will be up there. We've got, you can flash it up there. All that we're going to have on Sunday, which is everything you could want. So, first of all, Saturday, meet and greet. That is 2 to 5 at the Howland Wolf and Den. Look forward to that. Should be a good time. That is St. Peter's Street, 907 St. Peter's Street. If you're headed to New Orleans, we'll be there from 2 to 5. Who knows? Could could, could go a little longer than that. I don't know. Uh, and then, obviously, pregame show, uh, 6.30 Eastern Time. Watch along, 7.30 Eastern Time. Postgame show, Sunday night, 10 to 15 minutes after it ends. You can get all this for a buck. That's right, just a buck if you sign up. Warchant.com on three, one dollar. All FSU fans, let's get to work. Make it happen. Let's get us over ten thousand, right? Let's do that. Let's get to that number. I want to get there actively. I'm rooting for that number. And then I'm gonna push us to eleven thousand. That's how I roll. And then ah! well, and then gonna, we're gonna go to North Carolina. Yeah, I'm not gonna ah! scream. I'm not gonna scream. But I am gonna tell you I'd like to get to, to ten thousand there. We're doing some good things. Jeff Cameron Show 933 Real Talk Radio Warchant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply it's jeff cameron show balls big wednesday hope you're well appreciate you tuning in ready to roll Ready to roll. Quick uh, college football big picture update here. Big 12 plans to engage in discussions with Fox and ESPN about the league's next television contract. The conference announced today. They said in a release that it would be entering into discussion with multimedia partners to, to explore an accelerated extension of their current agreements. Is an exciting time for college athletics, and given the changing landscape, we welcome the opportunity to engage with our partners to determine if any early extension is in the best interest of all parties. That, according to Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yormark, 
the Big 12 has enjoyed a fantastic relationship with its multimedia rights holders, and I look forward to having these conversations. I like how everybody is quick to point out their partners. Our commissioner does that all the time. Well, our partners at ESPN, and just because you say that, they're not like currying favor. Yeah, you're not guilting them into saying, you know what, you're right. We really should give them yeah. more money. We should help those guys out. They really have no chance in hell under the current set of circumstances. And that Jim is such a good guy, always referencing us as a partner. Yeah. Anyhow, so they're they're going to they're going to do that. We we shall see. Uh, you know, things can go sideways in a hurry in the world of college football. Uh, Nebraska Scott Frost is being asked whether or not he and Mark Whipple hate each other. <laughs> They didn't use the word hate, but they might as well have. My man's 15 and 30. They lost 31-28 to Northwestern. His comments were interpreted after the game as criticisms of Whipple, uh, in which he talked a little bit about play calling late. And he went on to say that they were not at odds. Quote, oh, no, not at all. He's really smart, really good at what he does. We have a lot of other coaches who are really smart and good at what they do. We need to find our rhythm putting all the best stuff out there together. I thought it was good on Saturday, but it can be better. That's Scott Frost on offense coordinator Mark Whipple. Uh, he's asked as well about um, what he might have been done doing different, something along those lines. He did mention maybe running the quarterback a little bit more. Sounds sounds like he was a little, a little frustrated. Yeah. Uh, Scott, what was the win probability when you tried the onside, onside kick? kick? Yeah. It was 88, according to ESPN. Yeah. But uh, by anybody who was watching the game, the flow of the game, and I talked to a few, they said that game was over. It made no sense. Uh, in theory, I was right. Podcast has contributed to our efforts and asked, uh, do we have any stats regarding our offensive line's overall increase in size? The boys were looking formidable. Yeah, well, they certainly did against... Duquesne, but they are bigger. Uh, they are. They I mean, are. Maurice put on twenty pounds. We'll see if he, you know, can I, play. Do you buy that? I, I don't. I'd say fifteen to twenty is fair. I, mm, I just don't see it. I think he's bigger, but I twenty yeah. pounds is a lot, man. Darius, uh, another one. With, Mike talked about that uh, preseason camp as Darius Washington was coming back to playing, getting up to speed. He said. I don't even want to tell you what his game day weight was for a couple of Saturdays last year, but now he's a lot closer, a little over 300 pounds uh, this offseason. So there's another one. But if you want to talk about the players that are going to be the offensive linemen of the future, they're all hosses. Yeah, really right now. big guys. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They just got to put on their man density. And when they do, that's the group that's Well, I just believe some of the – I will tell you this. There are some of the younger players – Redshirt freshman, for example, that I think can play now. SD's being chief amongst them. I think if you started him now, he'd be fine from a size and beef standpoint. I mean, a size and strength standpoint. Yeah. I mean, he is such a um, – he's a weight room nut. He's a dense dude. Uh, and, and I, you know, listen, they say he's one of the strongest guys on the team. He's got the requisite size. I think he's got mobility. I like him. Um, so – I'd be excited to see um, him get an opportunity because I'm of the mindset early on that I have a feeling, could be wrong on this, and, and it doesn't really matter, 
But I think at some point we're going to be looking at an offensive line that features Estes as a guard starting and Dylan Gibbons as a starting center. Yeah, again, I was really, in a weird way, I was hoping it wasn't for any reason of necessity, and Mike intimated that in the postgame. But I was happy that they showed that because Gibbons gives you a professional effort at center. I don't necessarily mean NFL draft pick quality at center. I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see what the film says by the end of the year and what the scouts say. But he's good there. Solid. I liked him. You know, with Darius, with Maurice, I have more doubts than I do with Dylan Gibbons when he's at center. It's just a question of what are you losing? What are you losing? And if SD slides in or Emmanuel played at left guard first, that was the first guy to get the look there, and Jazz at right guard, I, I just I think you can work with a lot more there, especially if Darius is up to full strength because then he can fit in anywhere that you're failing, and I think your center position is just rock solid with Dil- Dylan. So we'll see. It's just not an easy deal. LSU is learning that. We know that. It's one thing to go up against Duquesne's defensive interior. It's another against LSU's or Clemson's or somebody else when basically you're giving a tenth of a second to the opposition. You're giving them time to get on you. Yeah, You've got to be, yeah, you extremely be strong and yeah. technical and agile, and, and Gibbons is all of those things. One thing to note, uh, too, I, I will say this. It is clear that the competition was steep and somewhat undetermined. I would also note that clearly when you have bumps and bruises, in some cases a real severe injury, like a guy who has to miss the season, Caden Lyles, others who are dealing with whatever temporary problems they have and recovering from injury, Murray Smith. Who knows how long? I don't know if he'll play this weekend. Don't know if it's next weekend. Don't know if it's the weekend. We don't know. We just know he was listed as the or, which is a good sign that he's progressing because he was not on the depth chart last week. But the point would be, Everything in between, right? You have the gone for the season. You have the, well, a little banged up. We don't know when he's coming back. When you have that situation and you're competing because you're just trying to find your best five, they talk about that all the time, right? You, you cross-train guys, you try to find your best five. If you're still shuffling guys to the extent that they're still shuffling guys, it means you don't know for sure who your five are, which is not ideal as you get set to play LSU, it, it it's necessitated, but it's not ideal. You would have liked to have known, obviously, knock on wood, you don't have a season-ending injury to a player. I don't know if Caden Lyles would have started or not, but he would have factored into the depth chart, certainly. Yeah, well, when Maurice went down, he would have been snapping the ball on Saturday. That's, that's for correct. Sure. So they, had, they were struck with some unfortunate situations, but this is, again, where the positive of added depth and the moves you made in the transfer portal allows you a fighting chance, even if guys are missing some time, and you're still shuffling to figure out what's what. They're shuffling pieces that can play. They're not all elite players. They're not a dominant offensive line, even if they're completely healthy. Nobody's suggesting that. But they are all players that can play. And so you're no longer shuffling in guys that are, frankly, another body, as Jimbo would say, just added depth. You know, not really a, a guy that does anything to help you win a football game at all. They're just somebody you can start because they happen to be big, but they don't really provide anything in the way of a plus effort. That's not who FSU is right now. What FSU is right now is still figuring out who they are up front, but with guys that can play when you're experimenting. That's huge. That is an example of the progress made. It's still not ideal. I think you should want, you should have, if in an ideal situation, you should have your starting five that you feel very good about and know completely what they are. They don't, I still don't think they have that. Yeah, I totally agree. 
but I also think that given what Atkins has done, you're going to get better as the season goes along. As long as you're a healthy body on the offensive line, you're going to get better. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, for example, Jazz is going to have more time to get up to speed. And they really loved him immediately at guard. They did. Didn't see that coming because in camp they moved him there so late, but he supplanted Estes as the first man off the bench, apparently. Because when Gibbons slid to center, then Emmanuel goes to left guard and Jazz plays right guard. Fascinating. Because we thought he was going to be a backup tackle, well, but they like him even more at guard. Yeah, we fell victim to what I think the obvious conclusions were that if you're six foot seven and with that reach, you're right. likely a tackle. Well, and that's so, where he was playing before, too. And and it doesn't mean that he won't play tackle as well. He might be very well be like a Darius Washington. He's gonna be one of the swing men on the offensive line based mm -hmm. upon need. They're gonna plug him in. For Estes case, though. I think what's going to happen with him whenever he plays this year, and I, I figure he's going to be in the rotation, he's going to have some awful moments. He's going to turn some guys loose, and you say, Jesus, Bryson. But it, it won't be without another argument that you can make of, oh, my God, he just road-graded two, you know, two plays in a row, three plays in a row. Well, There's going to be some feast and famine there, mm -hmm. but we're coming from the land of all famine. I mean, like, yeah, man. we're off the boat from Ireland from the potato famine. That's we, where we've we, been. We have found food. It's not always gourmet food, but right. we have found some right. food, yeah. my friend. It's nice to be able to eat. Get you a crumb. Every now and again, baby. It's Jeff Carriage Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. So, one thing I want to point out here... I. Obviously, I, I can't dictate terms of the show in terms of the way that I navigate the show solely based on what guys are arguing about in the chat. But I'll check it a lot of times during the break just to see, A, if somebody has asked a pointed question that we need to get to or a repeated question, meaning that there are, say, nine people asking the same thing or something like that. Also, observationally, occasionally, I see something that I think, okay, well, that's, that's interesting. It's worth talking about. Um, the, the, the matchup that concerns everybody rightfully, if you're looking at personnel, is their defensive line against Florida State's offensive line. So one thing that you get very worried about, and the only other thing you get very worried about is if for some reason their either quarterback has time to throw to those elite receivers. Because we're a little iffy, we think, I believe, at corner. A little iffy there. So I like our safeties. A little iffy at corner. So... If we're going to address this situation with their defensive line perhaps exposing Florida State's offensive line, just remember this. I don't care if Mason Smith or any of the other defensive linemen, all of whom are very talented. Again, we talk about the three that project to the NFL, but they have five deep that they feel very good about that will eventually get a chance to play in the NFL. They got real talent. One of them is a true freshman, but still. They got that kind of talent. They recruited the position extremely well. Ed Orgeron recruits defensive line, and I know he's gone, but while he was there, even in the midst of all the chaos, he brought in a lot of talent up front, okay, on the defensive line. But keep in mind that while Florida State likely doesn't push them around, create gaping holes to run through, they didn't have an offensive line at any one of the positions a year ago, tackle, guard, center, guard, tackle, that was a plus player and could win his matchup on the regular. None of them could. 
None of them. Dylan Gibbons was the lone exception, but he got hurt and had to play hurt. And so half the time, he was neutralizing the other guy, not winning. He was just, he wasn't a sieve like the rest of everybody else. And Alex Atkins found a way through angles and scheme to make something happen to the tune of Florida State scoring 27, 28 points a game. All right. That's less than ideal. You're surviving at that point. But scheme and coaching matters. And when you recognize going into a game that you don't have a distinct advantage, obviously you have to play it a different way. You have to play away from that mismatch. You have to figure out a way to disguise, cover up, avoid having that exposed. Good coaches do that. Now, if you've got to do that every week and there's a decided disadvantage and there are more than just those disadvantages elsewhere, let's say, yeah, it's going to catch up to you. You're going to lose football games, bottom line. But it doesn't mean that you go into a game where you say these three guys are going to be better than the interior of our offensive line and therefore we can't win the game. No, you move your quarterback off the point. You get those guys going sideways and you try to wear their ass out. No, you're, you're not dumb enough to beat your head against a wall, but you do things to neutralize their strengths. And Alex Atkins, I may point out, did that with a far inferior offensive line than he has this year. Yeah, I think to the point where you tested, just to see. How much can they do? I think you tested early on. It doesn't mean that your first two drives are first down, run up the middle, second down between the tackles up the middle. Yeah, okay. you don't, yeah. But I think you test it. You say, how far have you come? Because if you've come far enough that I can win one out of three or two out of five in that situation, it's worth it to us to do this in order to set up things that we want outside. And that would be a huge leap. If you see that in the second quarter where three drives in, and I don't know, maybe there's six, seven points on the board for Florida State, and you're saying, you know what? Second and seven again. We didn't do anything fancy. Yeah, so last year it was second and 13. Right, right. Last year it was second and 15, or you had to do something unique, and it was so frustrating to have to trick people all the time and, and never be able to line up and just play football. I'll answer the question, Joseph, Alex Atkins by a lot. Uh, but the point is, I think this thing is screwed up, but anyhow, it may be a bot. But the point would be that um, I, I, I'm of the mindset that Alex will do a lot to offset those issues, okay? That, that you, you can't win each week having to, you know, all, <laughs> I guess bottom line is we saw with angles they created a running game with a suspect passing game and a negative offensive line. They still found ways. Yeah. Jordan Travis is a big part of how they find ways because of his legs. We know that. But that's still here. That's not going He's anywhere. on the field. Yeah. 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 yeah that's, if you want to create the optimist's uh, point of view and path to victory, you say, there are some things that I know that are going to happen. Florida State is going to isolate running backs and receivers on linebackers and safeties to the point that they're in one-on-one -on -one and they might be trailing by a good bit. And it's just a matter of Jordan hitting those throws. That happens week after week in this offense. You can expect that there's going to be at least one explosive run of longer than 25 yards because it happens every week, mm -hmm. no matter what, with all of these the problems that they have with the tools that they had last year. Now it's how much more do you have on top of that? If you've got receivers that you like to block, make guys miss, and win one-on-ones, does that add another chapter to the playbook and more possibilities that mean that the base things that you can expect are going to happen with greater frequency? 
And do you believe that Jordan Travis is more decisive as a quarterback, that what you saw last week is going to be what you're going to see all season long? Because if that's the case, too, now the offense is in a place where the only thing you have is last year was a rail route. Now you've got like four things that you know are going to happen in a given week. That is the balance that you're, that you're searching for. Then basic stuff starts working if you've got balance. In a game one where speed adjustment is vital, meaning for LSU to have to play against a real football team as opposed to each other in practice and walkthroughs as they implement new schemes, I really think it's going to be vital that you use Jordan Travis's elite running ability in this game. Now, I, I want him to come out and throw the ball and establish that. That's not something we could do a year ago. I'd like to see some of that, especially because I don't think you're going to be able to run traditionally at all. But I would tell you, again, the other part of that, I keep pointing to this, this is a Jordan Travis moment. He has to be great. He, and he has a chance to be great because you have to use all facets of his skill set today it, on Sunday. Right. Well, that's also RPOs. That could be that's, a give on a run. exactly what and that it, is, It could Tom. be him breaking outside like he did for the touchdown, and then he actually throws it to the perimeter. It's like, also him. That's, those are all examples of using his legs. It's also a rollout one read. Right. Open, throw it, not mm -hmm. run. I mean, just simple stuff well, with that ability. The basic thing that buoyed me last week was, again, it's called a glance concept, but yeah. it's, everybody knows that it's a basic RPO. Yeah. You're reading a defender's seat. Is he crashing against the run? If so, I can throw it. Is he staying back in coverage? If so, I hand it off. I haven't seen him deliver the throw part of that equation right. as well as he did last week. If that is something that you can hang your hat on at this point, that gets real fun. Well, and also, it'll slow down for them. I thought they were a little rushed there a couple of times, so it's, it's fascinating. Now they get more comfortable running it as part of what you do, as part of your base. Yeah, absolutely. It's exciting. Coming up next hour, we're playing some Garnet and Gold trivia. This is for our Warchant.com members only. If you haven't signed up, it's a buck! Head of the Tribal Council and look it up. Uh, and look at the top, I should say. You know, look it up. Searching desperately. Look at the top for the trivia thread. First one to post the correct answer Next hour, we'll win $25 to Garnet and Gold. So stay tuned for that. That's coming up next hour. Speaking of which, we'll break here.